Welcome to In Layman's Terms, a podcast dedicated to stories of discipleship and putting scripture to use in our daily lives. I'm your host, Todd Seifert. I'm the Communications Director for the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church, comprised of just fewer than 1,000 churches throughout Kansas and Nebraska. I'm also a certified lay minister in the United Methodist Church, so what you hear on this show truly comes to you in layman's terms. I have more than 25 years experience teaching the Bible to everyone from teenagers to 90-somethings, and I served as a journalist for 20 years prior to entering ministry. So I'm excited to share with you stories of disciples in action and to explore with you what the Bible has to teach us in the 21st century. Some episodes focus on a person or church doing great things to serve as the hands and feet of Christ. Some episodes feature interviews with experts who can help us along our faith journey. Still others include short reflections on scripture. Thank you for joining me. admit that as I saw the commercial for a new show coming to the Apple Plus streaming platform that I got a little excited. No, no, better check that. I got really, really excited. You see, it's a show featuring David Attenborough. He's a BBC documentary voiceover specialist who's provided the narration for such amazing series as Planet Earth, Blue Planet, Frozen Planet, and Life on Earth. It brought back memories. My preteen son, one year for his birthday or for Christmas, I can't really remember which right now. Anyway, he asked for the full Blu-ray set for Planet Earth. And sure enough, on any given day, if you walked into our family room, you could see my now 23-year-old seminary student son plopped down in front of the family room television watching one of those Blu-ray discs. Now you might wonder, after Attenborough provided the soundtrack explaining animal behavior in forests, deserts, oceans, plains, savannas, and tundras, what more could he have to explore? Well, in a word, dinosaurs. That's right, this short five-episode event explores what life is like on the planet anywhere from 66 million to 245 million years ago. It started May 23rd, and I just could not wait for this to get going. Now I'll be the first to admit that I'm not the biggest fan of lizards, but I have been captivated by dinosaurs, probably since watching what is the admittedly cheesy Saturday afternoon show Land of the Lost when I was a kid. And I remember how excited I got each time my parents would take me to the little kid amusement park called Kitty Land in Leavenworth, Kansas. It had a huge dinosaur, and the miniature passenger train that was my absolute favorite ride passed under its tail just before coming back to the station. Well, Kitty Land has long since closed, replaced by a bowling alley in that location, but that dinosaur, he's still there. Now, I should pause to tell you that I'm also super excited for the opening of the movie Jurassic World Dominion. It comes out on June 10th. I'm going to use that as my gift to myself after surviving annual conference that runs June 8th through 11th. So at some point on the 12th, maybe the 13th, I'm going to be in a chair in a movie theater watching the conclusion of this amazing series. The movie's billed to be the last in the franchise, and it brings together the main stars of all of the movies thus far. Well, if you've gotten this far into the podcast, you're probably wondering, what the heck do dinosaurs have to do with a series about the songs of our faith? 
After all, there are no hymns in our United Methodist hymnal or Faith We Sing supplement that even mention dinosaurs, right? Fun fact, that's true. There are none. As a matter of fact, I pulled up the digital versions of those hymnals and did a word search. I had to check for myself just to be certain. Ah, but there is a tie-in, a very real one to the song. The one that we're featuring today in this episode, How Great Thou Art. Consider for just a moment some of the phrases in that song. Let's just look at the opening stanza. O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made, I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. It starts off with that first verse that it's all about God's amazing creation, maker of worlds, not just this one, all of the worlds, and stars. God made the entire universe. And then there's that reference to rolling thunder, the weather that fits together just so perfectly to make this planet not only habitable, but an amazing wonder of systems that interlock to make life not just survive, but thrive here. One of the wonders I greatly admire about our creation is something that we can't see anymore. At least not now, at least not alive. I'm talking about dinosaurs. We can't see them, but they were real. We know by the bones that have been carefully excavated. And yes, some of those have been found just right here in Kansas and Nebraska. To date, we've found about 700 species of dinosaurs. Gigantic ones, tiny ones meat-eaters, vegetarians, fast ones, slow ones. Most walked the earth, some swam, and some even flew. In fact, many dinosaurs were likely more closely related to birds of today than to the reptiles that we see today. It's important to know that dinosaurs likely died off when an asteroid hit the Yucatan Peninsula. The asteroid was just six miles wide when it struck 66 million years ago. And while it's sad that the dinosaurs died off, the rise of mammals, including people, likely would not have happened if not for that extinction episode. Yet another way, I believe, that God chose to create. So where do dinosaurs fit in the Bible? After all, Scripture talks of dragons and Leviathan, but it says absolutely nothing about dinosaurs. Well, I think I have at least an idea of where dinosaurs fit. See if you track with me here. On day 6, recorded in Genesis chapter 1, verse 25, it says, God made every kind of wildlife, every kind of livestock, and every kind of creature that crawls on the ground. But notice that we don't know exactly how long a day is for God. Remember, God is infinite. So a day could be a very, very long time. And then there's chapter 2. It's another creation story. And we learn that God formed humankind from the dirt. Scientists theorize that all living organisms started in the water as single-cell organisms. And then they moved to land, to the dust. It's there that they got more and more complex. And those organisms evolved over many, many years. So in other words, the creation story and science kind of agree that life came from dirt. 
just like we read in the Bible and just like scientists tell us. Now, some people have asked me if I believe in creation. And i got to say, absolutely I believe in creation. I think God created everything that we see, hear, taste, smell, and touch. Did it happen over six days? Yeah, I think it did. But those six days, I think, are measured of God's six days, not something as insignificant as my measurement of six days. Here's my theory behind that. Consider our own solar system. How do we measure a day on Earth? Well, our planet rotates on its axis, and when the rotation brings what we call sunrise, we start a day. But did you know on Jupiter, it's not 24 hours in a day. The largest planet in our solar system takes nine Earth hours. That's it, to rotate all the way around for a day. And Mercury, the closest planet to our sun, a day lasts 59 Earth days. So I think measurements for the six days of creation are very different than how we see days now. And here's why. Take a look again at Genesis chapter 1. When were the sun and moon created? Did you notice it wasn't until day 4? So how did the first three days get measured? I kind of suspect that God used whatever timeline God uses to measure a day. For us, I think that one day may be many, many years millennia even, in length. So yes, I do believe in the Big Bang Theory and in evolution. I just tend to believe that God was the one that said, let there be light. Remember, the sun wasn't created until day four, so what was that light? I think it just might could have been one heck of a Big Bang that set this universe into motion. And that creation moment continues and has brought us to today. Along the journey, we had dinosaurs. I think of it as quite a bit earlier in God's sixth day. By the time humankind is created, well now I think we're quite a bit further along on God's sixth day and our master creator decided to make a living being that actually was in God's image. After that, we're given scripture. It's inspired. And it has a lot to teach us. And then we have all these technological advances that have happened for humankind over the course of centuries. And most importantly, we have the introduction of Jesus into this big formula we call life. So like good paleontologists, let's pause for a few moments just to dig a little deeper by reading Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 20. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the one who is first over all creation. Because all things were created by him, both in the heavens and on the earth, the things that are visible and the things that are invisible. Whether they are thrones or powers, or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He existed before all things, and all things are held together in him. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the one who is firstborn from among the dead, so that he might occupy the first place in everything. Because all the fullness of God was pleased to live in him, and he reconciled all things to himself through him. Whether things on earth or in the heavens, he brought peace through the blood of his cross. 
So yes, Jesus paid the price for all of us. Yet another wonder that God has put on display for us. And boy, are we lucky that we get to see so many of God's wonders. For example, did you step outside and see that recent supermoon lunar eclipse a few days ago? That happens when the Earth completely blocks the sun's rays toward the moon when there's a full moon. And the moon turns red because of all the refracting light. Only red bends that far and refocuses, which makes the moon appear red. I think it's yet another example of the wonder of creation. But there are so, so many. What do you think about when you see mountains? Or how about oceans? Or wheat fields? How about infant children? All of those are examples of God's ongoing creation and the beauty of that creation. The intricacies of everything that God has created. How about storms? Sure, they can be scary, like when we see tornadoes, but they also could be wondrous, such as when we see lightning in the sky. Is there anyone listening to this podcast who agrees with me that the best scenario for drifting off to sleep peacefully comes when there's just a little bit of light rain hitting the windows and a symphony of rolling thunder going off in the background? You know, it's actually those wonders of creation, the intricacies of how things fit together and a springtime thunderstorm that provides the backdrop for this episode's featured hymn, How Great Thou Art. In 1885, a man named Carl Boberg, a Swedish editor and a future politician, was walking home in a rainstorm. He got out of the rain, and when he got into his home, he opened a window to take in the fresh smell. And in the distance, he heard church bells ringing. He was so inspired that he wrote a poem that he titled, Oh Mighty God. But that poem stayed pretty much only in his native language until 1925. Just five years later, in about 1930, it was finally put to music in Ukraine. And that's where it was discovered by an English missionary named Stuart Hine. Hine further translated it to fit the tune that had been linked to the song by then. And though it started to be recognized, it really wasn't widely known until J. Edwin Orr, a British-American theologian, heard it while on a trip to India. Also in that audience were the children of Tim Spencer, a singing cowboy and member of the Sons of the Pioneers. That's right, Roy Rogers Band. Spencer owned a Christian publishing company on the side and took a liking to the song. Eventually, Billy Graham started using it as part of his crusades. And then How Great Thou Art started to be recorded. And not just by somebody, by big names. The likes of Tennessee Ernie Ford, Loretta Lynn, one of my favorite versions of it is out right now on Christian Radio. It's actually a little old now, but you still hear it from time to time, by Paul Beloche. And then, of course, there's the king of rock and roll, Elvis Presley. Turns out he recorded How Great Thou Art twice, several years in between. And both times that he recorded it, he won Grammy Awards for it. So there you have it. The many intricacies to creation in helping the dinosaurs prosper for a long time before giving way to humans so that we could thrive. And then there are the intricacies involved in helping How Great Thou Art become a staple of worship songs that we sing every Sunday. 
Think about it for a moment. What did it take to get that song from idea to in our hymnals? It took a poet, a translator, a missionary, a singing cowboy for crying out loud, a powerful preacher, and the king of rock and roll. Like the song alludes to, creation didn't end on that sixth day. However, we measure that day. God continues to create even now. Whether it's giant lizards or a new grandchild, or all the animals and people in between those points, they are all beautiful parts of God's vision for life on this planet. Thank you for listening. As with all of the episodes in this Songs of Faith series, I want to thank my wife, Reverend Amy Seifert, for playing the featured song as our background music. I need to let you know that in layman's terms, it's going to be taking a hiatus for a few weeks. There just simply aren't enough hours in the day or hours in the week to produce the podcast while making final preparations for and then participating in our Great Plains Annual Conference Session from June 8th to 11th. So listen for new episodes of In Layman's Terms at some point in mid to late July. In Layman's Terms is a podcast sponsored by the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church and by me, your host, Todd Seifert. If you like what you've heard in this episode, please go rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening. It helps others find us. And if you're so inclined, please share the link to this podcast on your social media channels. Our music and sound effects come via subscriptions to Universal Production Music and to Storyblocks. You can find archived episodes on the conference website at www.greatplainsumc.org podcasts or on my website, toddseifert.com. Please email me with any questions or comments to tseifert at greatplainsumc.org and I'll do my best to respond as quickly as possible. Thank you for listening. And until next time, please do what you can to help make more disciples of Jesus Christ. You can play a small part in helping change a life.